Welcome to Friday's Boost Podcast. Me, Graham Farmer. Alright, it's Friday. Hope you had a good week. Um, we've had some issues with the podcast. I've had some people push their interviews back, which has made me some problems. Hopefully, I'll get that resolved for next week. Definitely a learning process, this podcast. Today, I have uh, an interview which I did with Joby, Man Electrophy, and Greg Costa at my Hack the DJ event back in March. And we talked about how to get booked and getting gigs and also putting on your own gigs. It was a good half an hour conversation. Um, for those who don't know, I created a, 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 a one day event for International Women's Day on Friday, the 8th of March this year and tried to invite it down. All the women that DJ in the area and brought in some and I brought in some speakers from across the industry. This is one of the conversations and it still holds lots of value for me. I hope you enjoy it. I hope you have a lovely weekend. And I, as, as always, I assume no one's listening. And uh, don't share it with your friends. See you next week. For our second bunch of speakers, we've got a panel. And I've invited all the local promoters down to, um, to kind of we're going to talk about how to get gigs and also how to put on gigs. Um, so let's just kind of go around and introduce ourselves. Do you want to start your own Greg? Yeah, I'm Greg. Um, I've been promoting now for about 15 years uh, from Bedford. Um, what was the stadium? What, um, you, you're obviously promoting the, those upcoming shows. Yeah, so, so basically, yeah, one of the big projects that we're doing this year, we've taken on um, the Planet Ice Arena. We're turning it into like, a, like an event-style venue. Um, and we've, we've got a couple of shows coming up in April. Uh, one featuring NEC, the next one featuring Camel Fat. Um, we're trying to kind of bring back that whole um, dance culture back to Milton Keynes. It's something we've been working on for about three or four years. Uh, we've finally got there, we've finally found the perfect venue. Um, yeah, that's, that's one of the projects that I'm working on this year. It's exciting. And then this is Jo. Hello, hello. Hello, hello, everybody. Um, so I am um, Jo. And I'm part of Electric Feed, which is my DNA. So I run a club brand called Madden Electric Feed Discotech. Um, prior to that, I had several club brands as well, but I've been a promoter. Yeah, again, probably about 15 years now, um, doing club promotion and then over the last few years, moved that on to running our own festival stages and festival spaces as well. And yeah, just based on Reading Northampton. And finally, Joe? I'm Joe, uh, also known as Joby as well, uh, from DJNet. I run an event locally, uh, House of Techno Night called Driven. Uh, we've been going for about five years now. Uh, we started in the back of a local pub car park and then we moved here for a while. So we have a few raids here. Um, yeah, that's about it. <laughs> okay, let's, so I guess, I guess the, the start for me is, I guess the big one for any DJ is how do we get gigs? So if, any, if, any of these, if anyone was coming to you, how would, they, how, would they, how would they get gigs? Is it how would they present themselves to you? How would they, what would they need to do? Is it a case of sending you mixes? Is it a case of sending you demos? Is it a case of hanging out at your parties? What is the best way to get um, Well, I guess as a local promotion, the first thing I'd say is you need to make sure you know about that promotion and that you're actually actively going to the parties and you're making yourself part of that scene and you're supporting it. 
Um, I mean, I've had it before where, you know, I've had it, people just send me a random email, it's for, a, you know, second with a link to a mix, but music we don't even play at our parties, they don't really kind of know who we are. So I think the first thing you can do is, is if you want to be part of a local scene and get a residency, is be part of that local scene. Make sure you're going there, you're meeting the promoters face to face, you're meeting the other DJs. Get there early as well, because uh, that's the time when you can see, you know, who's doing the warm-up slots, those kind of things, and uh, that's probably when you might have time to talk to the promoter. At midnight, that promoter's going to be running around, like not having time to talk to anybody. Um, but yeah, I think just just be friendly and, and send mixes and, and just be personal. I think it's probably probably the main thing I'd say. Can you guys add? Totally agree. Um, we have about well, hundreds and hundreds of people sending us mixes just to say, oh, can we mix at your party? And the best thing that I tell people to do is just come and get to know the team. Because like, it's not hard to go down and support your local, well, rave, whatever you want to call it. Um, and just get, as you say, just get to know the people, get to know the party. Um, you're more likely to receive a set, regardless of talent, if you go and if you go to the parties. Um, I mean, people, it's, what do they say? It's not what you know, it's who you know. Um, I mean, if you got if you're talented, then that that adds to the to the to the or getting a set really. Um, but yeah, come and get to know the Ray, come get to know the promoters, come get to know the DJs, make yourself known, um, and then fire off a mix to us. I mean, that's probably the best way. Yeah, I tend to find um, sending mixes and actually promoters on, on Facebook kind of is a bit of a turn on rather than a turn on. Um, and I kind of, for me, I mean, I, I done that whole DJ thing as well, and I found the best way to actually get gigs is to put your own parties on um, and, and just network with, with other promoters. So then it becomes like, you know, um, I'll come and jump on your show, you come and do one of my shows and, and your name kind of spreads. It's, it's, it's kind of like a good way to kind of build your brand as well as a DJ, um, having your own kind of event so you can kind of showcase your own sound as well. Um, so yeah, I think as well as what these guys are saying, I think also kind of maybe think about putting on your own party, um, even if it's just for a hundred people, you know, and, and kind of build from that. Let's yeah, let's I guess obviously let's move into that now. That's the next thing I wanted to talk about is how we go about that. How you how you go about that? Sure, you 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 fully build your parties and. And how, how did you start getting into that, I guess? Yeah, um, I mean, yeah, it's, it's very much kind of what, what you said. When I first started DJing, I was kind of like, well, I'm just going to book myself. You know, I, I need to learn how to be a DJ, I need to learn how to do these things. So I've, I've been throwing parties for, for the whole length of time that I've been DJing as well. And, um, and it, it definitely has made, you know, the Madame Lecture brand, as it were, wouldn't, you know, wouldn't be where I am if it wasn't for the parties as well, because they are really unique. So. We, we completely theme our parties, we go into a venue, we strip everything out, we do a full custom set design, we, we just turn it into this completely different world, so you're just kind of like, oh, what, what's going on? And I think it's all of those things that have become, become synonymous with the Madame Legendary name, and then that, as a result, has then opened up all the doors for us at festivals and all those kind of things as well. But I think you don't need to start that big. I think, you know, the first thing I should say is just get some friends together, and just throw a party in. If you, if you think there's, you know, you can't find a party that represents what you do as an artist, what you do as a DJ, then put something on and show people what you do. And you might find that loads of people get into it. And I think the key thing is, is you don't need to start really big, you know, as you say, just a back room with a pub, you know, 50 of your mates, 
and just you know put it out there and it will build from there. We've definitely got back rooms and pubs around here, I guess. <laughs> Is about, is about as much as we do have at the moment, apart from obviously this wonderful space and the space that you've got, but back rooms and pubs we, we do have, and you did that, that's your one, your, yeah. yours, is, yours is crazy. Was... Well, we started in the in a pub garden, so I moved back from London, went into going to university over there, and just no one was booking me, so I was thinking, well, I'll just start my own night, so it's exactly what we did. We started a day thing, because no one was doing day things, so try and find your niche, don't just do what everyone else is doing, so, if everyone's doing day parties, do a night party or even like these brunches that are coming in. So just try and figure out what, where you can differentiate from your competitors, I suppose. Um, I'd really like someone to milk you to do a breakfast rave as well, by the way. If anyone's up for it, break, I'd really like We almost did. What? We almost did one. I really, I really think we need one here. Like, an after. No, just a, just an actual get up, and get up, get, like a gym, gym like a workout. Like a six till twelve. A gym workout, breakfast rave, where you get up and kind of have healthy juice. And so, if anyone fancies that, they should definitely. Yeah, there you go. There's a gap in the market. There's a gap in the. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah morning glory. Yeah, yeah. I definitely think we need one locally. If you I'd be there. So yeah, so we, so we, we just saw a little gap in the market, and we done that for a few years and it was free. We didn't charge people to come in, we just threw a few parties, booking local DJs in the back of a pub garden and we built up a very nice following until this space became available and then we thought right we can go to the next level, we can start booking in what bigger DJs headliners and we're doing we're doing alright now I suppose. So essentially cultivating an audience I guess building your audience before you before you start asking for anything after it, you know just Building a following, building a following for brands. Yeah, it's branding, I suppose. You're building the brand and making people want to come to them events, whether it's free or having to pay to get in. And then obviously, Greg, you're doing these ginormous parties that uh, yeah. must be must be um, fun. Fun, stressful. <laughs> it's, it's a bit of everything, to be fair. I mean, we, you know, I started off in the cellar of a pub, uh, no more than 70 people. Um, and I did that for a while until we, we, I moved to bars and then to nightclubs and then to festivals and now to, to what we do in the Milton Keynes. Am I right, you started Bedford? You, is that what you started? Yeah, so I'm from Bedford. I started off, uh, a cousin of mine had like a little pub um, and he had like a, like a cellar that we used to use after hours kind of thing for private events. And um, I started off like a little garage night uh, in, in the cellar of his pub. And, Came quite popular. It was like a, like a little secret party thing. Um, so we built a brand off it, um, and then it kind of like expanded into okay. So we can we know we can fill a space of 100. Let's try 200. Let's try five. Let's move to a thousand. And then four or five years ago, we decided let's try building a festival. And now we're trying to put on events on a on an ice skating rink. So it's like. You know, <laughs> Uh, it's, it's just about growth for us, you know, it's, um, a lot of people are saying, you know, when does it start and, you know, what's next and so on, but I don't think you do, I think you always try and strive to get to the next level with, with, with these kind of shows and, and the whole point, I mean, I, I took a massive step back about three years ago, four years ago, because there was just so much politics within the scenes and and um, then I just found like nothing's really going on in this area anymore and it's like we need to do something. And I guess, I guess this, we, we all know that it's not 
easy to work with the council here in Watkins. And I guess, I guess, what do you have struggles? Do you have struggles locally? As I think the system? council is like the least of our problems. Um, oh, right, okay. Yeah, oh. it's, um, <laughs> it's usually like there's a lot of politics within the scene, um, like with agents and management and amongst DJs and staff. Like some DJs don't want to be billed below certain DJs. And, you know, it becomes really political, um, especially if you're, you're you're putting on events in like London where you've got companies like Live Nation that kind of lock off a load of talent, um, which means that kind of makes it hard for anybody to kind of build anything. Um, so yeah, the council, yes, in the past, I've had battles with the council and licensing, but to be honest with you, it's kind of, they're, they're more on our side now than Well, that's great, that's great to hear. That's, finally, that's finally great to hear, you know? I know, I know from speaking to previous promoters that it's always been a struggle and it's, but that's great to hear that it's finally. Yeah, I mean, historically, we used to have issues, you know, the police would, give us like literally 24 hour notice and shut down our events. Um, sometimes even on the night, you know, I've had issues where um, they've had so-called intelligence and they've come in and said like, if this party goes ahead, then we're gonna have to shut the premises. But it's been a long time since we've had anything like that. So um, I listened to an amazing podcast this morning with a promoter that promotes events in Amnesia and, and London. And he was talking about split between online uh, online promoting and people on the ground general street promoting and how much his split was still there was still a lot on the ground and not as much online uh he really valued the, the handing of live someone because it's, you've got their attention for that for a, a period of time and i guess my question is, is do you still promote on, on the street do you still or is it all online or and how how do you kind of split that how do you see the splits let's start um, yeah, no, we, we still very much promote on the street and the, the, you get you see so many people kind of want to get into promoting and they think you can set up a Facebook event and that's it. And, and that's just that's just not going to work. Facebook is a, is a blessing and a curse really in some ways, but so my age now, I mean, I started promoting gigs back before any of that was, was around Facebook. Who are we? We had Dostain.com, yeah. which is a good old thing. We had, um, we had great flyers back then, yeah, though. Yeah, <laughs> great design, so we're um, but yeah, no, you still you still need to be out on the ground, and you still you can't you can't just kind of have a one one tier marketing. So we we still do fly poster, We're not supposed to, but we do. Um, we do fly in. Um, we also try and find lots of other different ways that we can kind of hook the promotion onto the event. So we do a lot of video work. We do um, competitions quite a lot as well. We always do competitions for the warm up sets to to bring in new artists for that because then they can bring the audience with them. So I think it, it is important that, that you have all these marketing t touch points that, that exist just outside of one, one different platform. And you think about using different ways to reach people. And, and it's that whole kind of cliche that, you know, people need to see a brand new event three or four times before they engage with it. So, you know, make sure that they're actually seeing something physically at the venue, that, there's, that you've got your posters up everywhere, and then your online stuff to supplement it as well. But, but there always needs to be an element of both, I, I think. Guys? Online, offline? So, well, we purely do online, and it's not just because, I, I, I totally agree, you need to be over all angles, but I think you need to know your market as well. So within Milton Keynes, there's nowhere to go after a nightclub and fly it, whereas Northampton, you've got, you've got, you've got all the clubs that you can go and, uh, and, and fly it. 
Um, whereas Milton Keynes, it is just Unit Nine that does these kind of events. And you, you've got a big, you've got a big team of people that kind of help you promote yeah. it as well. That that help you push that online point and drive that engagement, I guess. Yeah. So we've got a, a, a ten-man strong team, I think it is. Um, and we'll, what we'll try and do, we'll go to different parties, and we'll, we'll always be spreading the word about our brand and, and what we do. Um, but it is, it, it is just purely online, apart from face-to-face -face stuff, so word of mouth and, 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 and online is, is how we've built our brand and I'd say quite successfully. Yeah, uh, yeah, you've, you've had some great acts. So, uh, Josh Butler was here and that was an incredible night. Um, the other act, yes, yeah, it's a solid party, it's a solid growth. Um, Greg, yourself, are you online or fine? Oh, totally both. Like, um, it, it also de depends on the scale of the event. Like we did this place last week. Um, we sold out a month before the actual event. Uh, we didn't print any flyers, any posters. We didn't even release the lineup. But that's because we did years and years of flyering and building the brand and collecting data and kind of finding our audience and following. Um, but, you know, look at Milton, uh, what we're doing over at, at Planet Ice, you know, it's a 3,000 capacity venue. Um, so just doing online marketing just is not going to be enough. So, you know, I was, I was talking to Dom earlier, you know, we're, we're, we're jumping in the car in a couple of weeks, going over to Rampage, one, one of the biggest um, drum and bass festivals, just shooting because it's, it's an opportunity for us to get our boards up, to get our flyers out. So, yeah, totally, <clears throat> I, I would always, Go old school and stand in the, in the freezing cold and that flows. <laughs> you know, partner. I guess the next thing is, uh, from, uh, from a promotion point of view, is uh, getting DJs to talk about your bio. From your point of view, you're working with large artists. Yeah. Do you do you put that as part of contracts? Do yeah, you... we, we try to. I mean, we try to um, kind of say, like, can we get some sort of element of um, um, promotion of their pages? Because, I mean, you know, a lot of these DJs, they've got 100,000 followers. You know, they could probably sell us 10% of our tickets on one post, you know, so, and it kind of, it's kind of, as well, partly why you book them, because obviously they've got this following and they've got an audience they can reach, um, but at the same time, we tend try not to kind of, um, I, I use the term, like, loosely, exploit anyone, so I wouldn't book someone just because they can sell, you know, 25 tickets to their friends, it's just, for me, it's not what it's all about. We're promoters, so it's our job to promote. You're a DJ, it's your job to DJ. And then uh, the next thing I want to talk about is you've, you've all touched on it, taking your taking your brands into different places, taking them to festivals. I know you've taken us to multiple festivals, Glastonbury, uh, uh, <laughs> um, and I guess how that came about and, and how you go into those that situation. Um, yeah, I think with the festival stuff, uh, we, we just did an application, you know, the, you, of all the festivals, uh, there are pages where you can say, you know, have you got something you want to do at the festival and you can apply. Uh, but I think what we had in our favour was, you know, going on what you guys are saying, is that, you know, we had already built a brand, a brand identity, which, which suited the festival environment because our brand doesn't take itself too seriously. It's one of my, the main reasons I launched it was that I found dance music to just take itself way too seriously and I just wanted somewhere I could throw glitter around and <laughs> be a bit of an idiot. Um, so because we already had that brand identity that fitted really well into the festival world and it was Glade, I think was the first festival that we ran a stage at. Honestly, we did not know what we were doing. We had a PA like loosely cabled together. <laughs> 
really shoddy bits of decor, and you know we've got from that to, to do a Boomtown where, where we do like we build a full immersive set, and we have actors, we have characters, we have all this stuff. So the thing, the good thing with, with festivals is kind of once you're in there with the festivals, it will continue because festival people. You see the same people weekend in, weekend out. Just it's a different feel than the same places. Um, and so I think the main thing with festivals is if, if you can go in and impress people and graph hard and work hard, you will always get rebooked. Um, and then hopefully you can kind of upsell on there and pitch to bigger and bigger and bigger stages, which is which is how it's worked for us. How how long did it take from from you starting your parties and then you started thinking? Right, we want to take this on the road and we want to... It was only about three, I think we'd been running for about two, three years when we did our did our first festival. But obviously I'd been promoting events under different brands yeah. for, for many years before that. So it was kind of always part of my, my objectives with that brand. Nice. And then you've just started it. You've just you've done a few last year, even yeah. you've got a few this year. Yeah. How, how you found it, how you... Yeah, is, it, is it easy? Is it becoming easier? Yes? Um, I don't know if it's becoming easier because there's all these other different brands doing the same thing popping up all across the country. So again, you need to just try and find your niche and be different to what other people are doing. Um, we did, yeah, we done a few festivals last year. We did uh, We Are Festival, which was which was a, which was good fun. Um, and then a few of our other DJs done a few. Well, so we did uh, Eastern Electrics, which was which was really good fun. And then uh, one with you. Which is good. Yeah. <laughs> that was a good laugh. Yeah. Um, so it, it's fantastic to put the brand out there, but again, it, you need to be different for what other people are doing, just because otherwise you're going to be the same house and techno like, or whatever your chosen genre is. And I guess the next, I guess um, if you were, if, these, if they were starting a night, where would you start, and what would be your biggest advice for starting an event locally? Greg, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> um, where do you start? I would probably find um, a venue that is not being used. I know it sounds like it's probably a bit difficult. Hard in this area. <laughs> yeah, um, but I'll try and find somewhere that obviously has a license but is not being used. Um, just so it's another selling factor to your event. It's like a new kind of area. Um, it's, a, it's, it's a really tough one because it's kind of like we're at a point now. I feel, especially with a town like a town like Milton Keynes, that there are so many promoters out there um, and, and DJs as well out there. Um, maybe, maybe toy with the idea of of, of um, approaching one of the known kind of. Uh, brands out there already and seeing is, is there a possibility that you can run a room too uh, and maybe kind of like do like a co-pro with, with, with someone that could be um, a good starting point. Yeah, that's a good idea. And Joe, yourself? Um, I think you, you need to take it at, well, you, I'd say definitely the venue because um, that's where the party's going to be held. But think about building your team as well, so who your local DJs are going to be. Um, if you're going to be booking the same DJs as everyone else, then it's, it's going to be the same party. So you can find up-and-coming DJs that are willing to, to grow with you as a brand, then you're onto a winner straight away. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I pretty much say the, the same two things really, is, is have, have a team around you, because um, promoting is really hard work, and it's always going to be twice as much work as you think it's going to be. So having a really good team around you to share, to share the workload is really important. 
Um, and, and yeah, like collaborate with people. You know, like the, the strength of numbers. If you see somebody doing something, something good and they're striving to do something, yeah, you know, exactly as these guys say, just, just get involved, do something together, and, and then you can kind of all benefit from, from, from each other's support. Would you, would you say build, find the venue before you even thought of the brand? If you're pitching a new idea? I, I would start the brand and the concept of the brand and try and find, try and find like something maybe a bit out there that you can associate your brand with, you know, like a gimmick or something. Um, because the, the, the power of a brand is just, you know, I've, I've been involved with brands that have had really, really great concepts they haven't executed it properly and it's completely failed. And then, you know, I've, I've worked with other people that have had just like a silly gimmick and it's just like, they, it's just gone completely crazy. Like, yeah, so work on the brand first. Cool, Joe? Yeah, a, a branding is, I mean, the only good example of a, book, of a brand and you know what they stand for is Elro. I mean, has anyone ever been to an Elro party? Yeah, it's you go exactly to, right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So you go to an Elro party, you know exactly what you're expecting. You're going to have people acting, pretending to be, I don't know, on a Mario Kart. It's just absolutely <laughs> mental. It's kind um, of like an experience rather yeah. than just like yeah, a, yeah. a generic club night. Exactly. So, I mean, don't think, maybe not as far ahead as that, but... Um, the steps to get there, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, um, I think the venue does play a part of it as, as well, because you need to... But you could treat it like an empty cell, like you were saying, come out, just completely strip it all uh, and make it your own. So, um, yes, work on the brand and your team. Okay, thank you. Let's uh, open some Q&A. And do you have any questions for any of these guys? Hello, Ollie. There's a mic, oh, there's a mic, I've got a mic. I'm coming out. It's really graceful, Greg. <laughs> Um, hello, my name is Holly. Um, I'm not local. I come from Wales today, which is where my point comes from. Um, from quite a secluded part of Wales, there is pretty much going on. So to travel to parties every weekend to up to Manchester and Liverpool can be a bit of pain, and it's very expensive. So as you were saying, to get gigs and become a resident and show your face at parties, is there any other tips you have for? You said that on Facebook, and um, it's a bit of a pain having a promoter, but it's also it's quite difficult doing like a 300 mile round trip to go to a party that it might not come through. Um, I, I guess I'll, I'll, it, you can find other ways to bring added value. Then in that in that case, I think what I've always kind of said is, is try not to be like, oh, what's the promoter going to do for me, and think what can you do for the promoter. And, and I know it's really hard when you haven't got that geographical thing as well. But it, it could be that you know you, you start sharing the events, just little things yeah. like you know people people do notice that kind of stuff. You, you know, if you're actively engaged even on social media, you're commenting, this looks great. I mean, well, we're, like those comments are great because it's going to give you an um, organic reach as well, which is like the, the golden thing that you want when you're doing promotion online. So you can still find ways, I think, to engage and, and show that you're actively supporting that scene, even if you can't always make it. I think. Um, so and then. Um, one thing that, that has stood out for me a few times when I've had um, like up and coming artists who want to get booked is when they've actually done a custom mix for my event rather than sending me just a genetic disc in my promo mix that I'm bagging out for people. I've had it a few times with people who have actually kind of been like, hey, this is the event and it's literally been named promo for Madame Electric and Cisco Tech. And that to me is going to be like, oh, I'm going to stop and listen to that because they've actually really gone out of their way. 
because our, our events are themed, so we have all these crazy themes. So, you know, the, we did a Studio 54 night, so I had, uh, had something put together. We did like a disco forward set. And then they, you know, so those kind of things really stand out. So um, it's just trying to find a way to make yourself known um, and stand out rather than just sending generic stuff, I think. Thank you. Anyone else? Hello. Hi. There's a mic. Um, would you say that there's a way to plan for the future of promotion? Because, I mean, as a, as a very company, evolving inspires, you know, and, and I think that in regards to that, we have to be online and we don't know what will be next. So, do you think there's a good way to actually prepare yourself in the moment? I don't know if that's a bit esoteric, but like, you've got to always be one step ahead. And how do you do that? As a DJ or? As a promoter. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, do you mean like actually structure? Yeah, anything you can do to. I'm just saying people booking. If you're creating, if you can apply to DJs as well, um, because it's, we're, it's, it's, it's a crowded field, and uh, you know, you to make your name as a, as a booker, as a promoter the head of the party, um, how much do you plan for, I mean obviously you're booking your party sometimes, you know, especially New Year's, and you're a year in advance, you know what you're doing, but you don't necessarily know how you're going to promote it, or what avenues are going to work best, and what worked best yesterday is not going to work best tomorrow, and it's quite frustrating, yeah. Yeah. so I mean, I would, you guys do? I, I, I would say take one step at a time, um, I mean I'm at a stage now where I have a team, I have an office, um, and we literally sit down in, in January and say, right, what's the plan for the next 12 months? Um, we look at the tours that we do, we look at the, um, the festivals that we do, uh, and we, we, we try and, the bigger the party, the more kind of planning it takes. So like, you know, these, these shows that we're doing in Milton Keynes, for instance, we've been planning them, we, we've been planning them for two years. So it's been two years in the making. So I say, I say like take it step by step to start with something small, probably takes, I don't know, a week or so to plan. And then once you've got yourself a day, give yourself enough time to promote it. Um, I like to have six to eight weeks lead up um, and, and, and just plan, you know, look, have a look at what else is around in the area so you can, have some kind of presence there as well, and do some exit flyering and so on. Um, and, and yeah, just like I say, just don't bite off too much and just take take little steps. It will grow organically. The bigger you grow, the bigger your team grows, and then everything just becomes so easy. And you don't you do things and, and don't even think about it because it's just second nature. So. I would think kind of.